G'day Aussie Gridiron fans, welcome to uh, a quick post week 18 episode of G'day Gridiron for the Aussie Gridiron Network. Why do I say that? Because tonight we're doing a little bit of a catch up on our preseason predictions and our good uh, our G'day Gridiron best team draft that we did at the beginning of the season. We'll also talk a little bit about some coaching stuff and the uh, inevitable coaching carousel. The boys are here with me, both of them, Brad and Manjot. Brad, how are you on this uh, new Opportunity Monday as we're <laughs> titling it now? <laughs> I, I am well, thank you. I, I love the, the playoff atmosphere of Week 18. I'm looking forward to the actual playoff wild card, and I'm looking forward to Kind of reviewing where we uh, where we hit and where we missed for this season. So good stuff. Excellent, Manjot. Uh, did you enjoy that bumper week eighteen? Of course I did, boys. I mean, what else is there to say than we won the tipping comp? Like, let's be honest. Uh, don't give it. Just... Don't give it away too quick. We got to. We're gonna be. Uh... Yeah, into the boy, you got to tease this out yeah, exactly, but also we got to get into the boys on uh on our combined episode this week, man. Oh, true, we got to save okay, all okay. that for stabbing. Yeah, we got we, all right, we got for we got to cut that out for me. Yeah, but let me be honest, I don't know, I don't know. Week 18 was fun, and of course, new opportunity Monday. Thanks, Ian, for that one. Yeah, that, that's well, I, I just Black Monday sounds like a it's a it's a very negative term. Okay, it just yeah. sounds very bleak. And let's be honest, the majority of these coaches, um, some of them not, but the majority will find jobs elsewhere. Just because you're a bad head coach doesn't make, make you a bad defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you almost all of them will have jobs, or all of them will have jobs if they want them. It yeah. may not be the exact job they want, but they'll all get job offers. Yeah, unless, of course, yeah. you're on like, like three year gardening leave, but because someone just decides to punt you well early, um, like David Tepper has done to several coaches already, where where guys can just sit back now and just say, "Yeah, you're paying me." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in which case, yeah, like if you're getting paid a decent amount, or some of them do. I mean, others others don't. They just go back to the college system and get paid like a hundred million dollars from colleges to coach. And congratulations to the uh, Michigan Wolverines, by the way, on the yeah. uh, champions. My boy. Thank That's you, Michigan movie. Wolverines, for pushing down the stock of Michael Penix Jr., just so yeah. that he might fall somewhere around the 12th mark to the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, shout out that. to my boy, Jim Harbaugh. Finally got a championship. So happy yeah. for him. Yeah, me too. Oh. So, yeah, I was yeah. crying. I was crying. I'll crying? Why? I don't understand. I... Come on, man. I was. I, he was like my childhood coach for the Niners. Like I've that. been. In, I've been emotionally invested in like local clubs, and I still haven't cried. I don't know whether I'm just. I don't know. Maybe I don't feel it. Flawless, Ian. <laughs> I'm a stone. Ian. What's wrong with the guy crying? Come on, heart man. of stone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it wasn't like I wasn't like fully bowling. Oh, right, boys! I just had like a couple of tears. Right, this say. is a bad. This is a completely bad segue. Now we've totally ruined it. Uh, <laughs> let's get on to to new opportunity Monday. Of course, it is the the regular Monday, uh, directly after the last game of the season, where we do end up with a bunch of coaches and assistants that get moved on from their team for 
whatever reason. Usually it's because the results haven't been there, of course. NFL is a results-based business. We all know that. And if you're not getting results, then you can expect to be moved on pretty quickly. So earlier in the season, of course, like let's go through a couple. Uh, the Raiders followed Josh McDaniels. Panthers, as I mentioned, David Teppo got rid of Frank Reich pretty early. Uh, and we saw later in the season, the Chargers fired Brandon Staley much, much too late as we were all screaming yeah. at them. Um, look at how they played after that. Like they were still a lot better than they were under Brandon Staley. But I think like what what we saw essentially this week would have been probably seemed like no more than 10 minutes after the Falcons lost to the Saints 48 to 17 that uh, Arthur Blank had a conversation with Arthur Smith and told him that he's required elsewhere. Uh, It just, it seems so, so sudden, so quick. We woke up here in the morning and I think, actually, I think it was done before I even went to bed. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, it was 12.01 a.m. Mm. time on the Monday. So it was like 4 p.m. our time. Yeah. Like that's, he was, he did not wait one minute. So that's he waited fine. until it was officially Monday and then said, see you later. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then he's even said, uh, Arthur Blank has even said in the media that uh, his coaching search has already started, but he expects it to be a lengthy one. And the right time frame will be the right person that comes along, which is, very apt, and it's. I, I think it's what a lot of Falcons fans will want. Uh, Arthur Blank's not getting any younger, and I'm sure he really wants to see a successful team. Be interesting to see who sort of lands at the Falcons. They've got a pretty good roster. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah, you know the rumor is Bill Belichick is going to end up there. That could be. Uh-huh. It could be very interesting, and maybe that's why uh, Arthur Blank is sort of saying it might be a bit more lengthy because a uh, a conversation like that, I would imagine around coaching with Belichick would be take a lot longer than it would with some others. Yeah, yeah. Did you see him walk off at the end of the game, at the end of that Jets game? Oh. It, he looked like a, a, a spoiled 13-year-old teenager who just got kicked in the nuts. I mean, it was just, <laughs> his, his head was down. He had a hoodie over him. It, it looked like he was about to, you know, kick the ground and throw a fit. I, it was really, it was, it, he was pissed oh, off. Man. He so. hates losing. He oh, hates yeah. losing. Yeah, well, um, losing, speaking, losing to the Jets as well. Yeah. yeah speaking of walk-offs, Ian, surely you could play that Jameis Winston clip because I know Jameis Winston sends off Arthur Smith in style, and Arthur Smith was not happy that. The Saints ran a play in victory formation that got Jamal Williams his first touchdown of the season, who actually led the NFL in touchdowns last season, but did not have one as a Saint this year. But then Jameis was like, nah, fuck it. We're going to give him his touchdown. Sure, you got to play that interview now, because I know my man, Brad, you haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't. I have I have not. So I'd be, I'd be very curious to see what Jameis, Jameis is Jameis, so, you know. Uh, Jameis is hilarious, uh, and I, I mean, I love Jameis Winston, and uh, the two of you, two of you know that. Um, I do too. Yeah, I, but it was, um, yes, this, this, uh, this interview uh, directly after that game, of course, um for anybody that, that doesn't know, that hasn't really watched much of that or even read things this week so far, the Saints ran a play out of victory formation and got Jamal Williams a touchdown. And it seems that it was all orchestrated by 
Jameis Winston and the rest of the offense. He says in there several times that it was a team decision. Um, Dennis Allen, of course, did ask them to go out in victory formation, and he didn't know that was happening. And he copped a berating from uh, Arthur Smith after that uh, about running up the the scoreboard, which is, oh, in, in my in my humble opinion, that's a uh, just nonsense. You're in a professional sport, so just deal with life. Um, but yeah, here, well, here's this. It's Here's this hilarious interview, Brad. Well, I apologize to DA yeah. because the play was, was victory. Yeah. Uh, but I also explained to DA that it was a team decision. Yeah. And uh, and I think when you have the, a team morale, and I asked the guys, I said, guys, like, what do you, what do you want to do? Yeah. We know how much Jamal means to this team. And, and I understood from DA's perspective. So I, I, I give him that. Yeah. Yeah, but DA didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't. However, uh, we decided as a team to do it. And, man, we got an interception to the one-yard line. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. so if 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 we would have scored, would it still would have been disrespectful? Right. You know, so uh, Tyron wasn't in on it, was he? No, Tyron was not, not in. <laughs> no, but, but it was it was a, it was an offensive mean, team discussion. Stop, stop uh, however, when you when you return the ball to the one yard line, and you have that opportunity. We just had that opportunity, and uh, and we decided. Do you think it's the kind of thing though that is forgotten fairly quickly, or you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think it should be forgotten, especially when the score is already forty-one seventeen. Uh, so I, I don't know how, how much worse it can get. Uh, but I got a ton of respect for Arthur Smith and the coach that he is. Uh, I think they do some incredible things. I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. He's lying through his team. It's so uh, good. It's so good. The team that I've been with the entire year. There's a point up here with uh, a reporter really starts trying to get on him and ask him a question, tell him that's that's not what he should have done. And uh, I'm feel good about that. Yeah. So no but, regrets. No. No regrets. Uh, well, the, this no regrets. is about the team. It's not about regrets. It's not about anything else. It's about us as a team making a collective decision. Yeah, he's. That's a stupid question. Yeah. I apologize to DA because that was not his call. What you said decision made was it right there on the spot, right when y'all. What, what decision are you talking about? At the end. Okay. What at the end? What decision? To, to, to go for the touchdown. To go for the touchdown. Is that something decided on the sideline after the pick, or did you, did you wait till you get out, got out there? We decided on the field as a team. I mean, we don't regret. I mean, it's a full-on party in the background too. Yeah. <laughs> we regret that. What floors me is it? Uh, well, it, it, just, it doesn't translate to our audio listeners. Every time he talks, it's as if somebody's sticking his thumb up his ass and his eyes are bulging like <laughs> <laughs> he's just like so happy to have that yeah, you I, I love this he's asking the reporter how you feel about it but what about it makes you not feel good about it Coach tells you to kneel it up. You're asking my opinion. Yes. I think you should have kneeled it up. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you as respectfully as I can. You answer my question as respectfully as This is a party horn. I respectfully disagree with you. That's all. You disagree with me or the entire team? Whoever made that decision. Okay. So you disagree with the entire team. So thank you. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm being honest and no, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> That's what I am doing. Oh, man. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Oh man, there's only one Jameis. Oh. There is only oh. there is only one Jameis. That is very very true. But like uh, a lot of his a lot of his teammates have come out in support of him um, today oh, as yeah. well on Twitter. A oh, lot man. of so many of them come out and said uh, that's you know like things like. Um, 
Yeah, they love him, and he's just such a, a great teammate. Uh, there has been a lot of ridicule from other people. There's things There's things here, like Cam Jordan. Uh, you got my guy, a TD, uh, uplifted teammate, Jameis Winston. That's my teammate. Um, one of my favorite teammates, things like that. Oh yeah, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's is Jimmy Graham's is what I was getting to, and that is yeah. one of the most hilarious responses to this. Um, as I try, Jimmy Graham's response to that situation. You mean to yeah, yeah to the whole situation? So Jimmy Graham basically said, uh, "This man is the best teammate I've ever had. Loves this city, loves this game, and embodies everything you can ask for in a leader." was a rare situation and we all take responsibility. Nobody thought it would get blown out of proportion. Also, fuck the Falcons. It's just the best. It's just the best. And it's, I mean, it's such a great way for Arthur Smith to go out. Like, yeah. the, guy has, the reality is Arthur Smith had three top 10 first round picks for every year, like one every year yeah. that he was yeah. with that team and every one of them has absolutely whiffed or like, they're not, they're not bad players. No. I don't think it's the player's fault. Yeah, that's right. He, him and his coaching staff have just failed to use those players effectively. 100%. Yeah. Uh, no, can you it, imagine, though, boys, like the plot twist, right? So Jameis went from the box to the Saints. If he goes in another in-division move next season because he's a free agent and just signs with the Falcons. Can we just imagine that for a second? <laughs> James to the Falcons, please make that happen. The new the, the GM over there in, in Atlanta, just make it happen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, well actually, the, the rumor is uh, Russell. Russell to the Falcons. So that's, oh, that, yeah. that could be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Another coach uh, firing this today. Um, if obviously the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, we all saw that coming. We've seen yeah. that coming for a long while. That the writing's been on the wall for the, there for a long while. Uh, so Ron Rivera is out. They've already started um, their process. Josh Harris and the leadership group, the new leadership group at the Commanders, have employed a couple of uh, people to run that coaching search and try and find a new uh, head of football as well as a new head coach and other staff. So hopefully that goes well. Hopefully the commanders um, come back to being more than what they were this season, which just was not the team that we all thought they were would be at the start of the season, that's for sure. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, boys, another couple. What are we thinking? Um, uh, Brad talked about uh, Belichick earlier. What do you think about the Patriots situation? What do you, Major, percentage wise? No, I don't want to say percentage wise. But what do you, what do you think the likelihood is of of Belichick coming back to the Patriots? Oh, very slim, honestly. I think when you look at the whole situation as well, because they they lost their game this week to the Jets. First game they lost to them in like eight years. I'm pretty sure I said last week as well. It was. It was not a team you'd expect them to lose to. So I think that means he'd probably be closer to something like, I'd give it 20% a chance of Bill Belichick being a Patriots coach, even less as well. It just really feels slim to me. Yep. Brad, yeah. what are your thoughts? I, I was going to say, I, 
I'd probably put it a little slightly better, maybe 30% chance that he comes back. Um, but you know, dude has had his time. He's been there 24 years. So I think it's, I think it's, everything has a shelf life and yeah. I, I think it's time for him to move on. Uh, it'll be interesting. How many more wins does he need to, to get oh, the there's a few, he did, he did a few seasons. I think it was from memory. Yeah. I think he would need at least two or three seasons. Yeah. Okay. So there's, yeah. there's been some interesting talk around that as well. Uh, one of the big, the big likelihoods is uh, that if that job were to open up, that Robert Kraft might pursue pretty heavily Mike Vrabel, um, and that Vrabel is would be very interested in that job. So that could be yeah. an interesting change for both the Patriots and the Titans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that would open the Titans up as a big wild card team, I guess. Therefore, um, for a coaching hire. Well, he's uh yeah he's fifteen from overtaking uh, Don Shula. So yeah, he's he's looking at, and if if he stays with the the Patriots, he's probably looking at at least three seasons to get that. Um, but ooh, that's 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 a tall order. I just think, I think I think it's crap. still I think it's still oh is it regular season wins or is it just wins oh, that's, in general? Well, I don't see that team going to the playoffs. Maybe in two years. They no, might. not the Patriots. But if he joins another team and he manages oh, to take them to the playoffs yeah. straight away, yeah, yeah. Um, I could see, yeah, in Atlanta. Um, I think he could turn that team around. To be honest, yeah, with. that's a, it's a really good roster at, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's just poorly, poorly utilized. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Poorly managed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I think he would be great at Atlanta or the Chargers as well. I think the Chargers having fired their GM as well might lean him that way. Because he yeah. did say he did say today he was open to working with with other people. Like to essentially, mm-hmm. he alluded to the fact that he'd be open to just being a head coach and not a GM. Okay. Which is what I which is what I think uh, any Belichick for me personally. That's what I think any any Belichick franchise needs now. Uh, it, Bill needs to not be making that have the ultimate say on decisions for um, drafting, especially. But uh, you know free agency hires and things like that. He, he needs someone else to bounce ideas off, like properly bounce ideas off. Someone that mm-hmm. goes out and sit, does all the legwork and says, this is what it is. So that he can concentrate on what, what he's really good at, which is coaching a team. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that would be the only thing for me. There has been that interesting talk that uh, uh, Josh McDaniels may possibly come back to be coordinator for him. Oh mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be interesting. Could you imagine those two reuniting in in Atlanta? Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, that's going to yeah. be a disaster. I feel like unless they get a right quarterback, definitely they got to pick a quarterback in the draft. Atlanta at this point as well, considering. So I think that Atlanta job's going to come packaged with a new quarterback. Yeah, it's going to. It's going to have to have pick? a quarterback. What pick is the, is Atlanta have? Do we know the the? Eight. I mean, they got the eighth. Just pick? Just like last year as well. Yeah, yeah. They got the eighth. So back, they got a top ten pick. I mean, and it's pretty. It's a pretty QB rich draft again. So uh, the possibility of, of picking up one of the the really good QB prospects is is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely, Michael Penix Jr. <laughs> yeah, because the Bears, the Bears do have the number one. The Commanders have number two. Patriots are number three. But then you got teams like the Cards, the Chargers at four and five. Then the Giants and 
Titans at six and seven, where QB is potentially not there. So they might get like, say the third or fourth best QB, depending on what the Bears do up the top. They could trade up with the Bears to get Caleb Williams, that sort of thing. So, yeah, possibilities are endless. They're probably going to get a top three quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, well, easily. And we've seen what happens with those guys at the top there with, with the likes of CJ Stroud this year. You don't have to go number one overall to be the yeah. the best QB in a draft. Um, it, it, I mean, even even Brock Purdy is, is pretty much um, the epitome of that as well. You don't even yeah. have to be – yeah, so you, you pretty much don't have to be picked by anyone at all and still be really good. So, all yeah. right, boys, let's – um. Let's move on to some of our, our recaps from our season predictions, our under-overs, uh, our division predictions. So let's go with – how about we go with our division predictions first? Uh, so when we get to our divisions, AFC-wise, um, we all picked the Chiefs right. We did pretty well there with the yeah. AFC West. The the rest of the order is pretty mixed. Is pretty mixed. Of course, we all majority of us thought the Raiders would be at the bottom of the the tree there, and the Chargers would be much higher. And that was the complete opposite. Uh, we got the Broncos right. Uh, we all picked the Dolphins for the East, which was a bit of a whiff. Uh, we were sort of we're in a weird spot where we're all hoping for the Bills to win the other day for our picks competition. But at the same time, thinking that if the Dolphins won, we would actually get all get that pick right. Um, yeah. And that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, in the AFC North, of course, Bengals for Brad and I. Manjot picked the Ravens because, uh, well, just because Lamar Homer, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I believed. I, I believed in him. Even even said he was going to be MVP at the start of the year, too. In an Instagram post, so but I do need to, I, I do need to point out that Brad had a lot of belief in the Browns, which was yeah, which yeah, is very sure. warranted after that. Although I suspect Brad completely different reasons to why they got the second spot in the AFC North. Well, my my reasoning behind it was defense. Uh, I it was the I felt like the defense was going to carry him, and then I felt like Deshaun Watson would would improve. And he looked, and Watson looked good when he was in there. You know, he looked decent, but... Uh, I think, I, well, I think the last at least five or six games were won by the offense, nothing to do yeah. with the defense. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, they weren't looking yeah. real great in that division until then. Yep, yep. Yeah, so. there's a few other games in the middle of the season too, like the Colts game where they won by like three points at 38-35, I'm pretty sure, was the <laughs> score. Like they've had a few of those games in the middle <laughs> as well. But yeah, yeah, Flacco definitely carried them over the line. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then AFC South, which was the the big upset for the season. Nobody thought, and not just us, we all thought the Texans wouldn't be any good. Uh, the under-overs in terms of win totals weren't very good for the Texans either. They were already set at six and a half wins. So nobody thought the Texans would be as good as they are. Yeah, they came out firing early on, took control of that division. And uh, apart from the mid-season point, especially around when I think CJ Stroud had the concussion and he was out for a couple of weeks and they sort of they had a few mid-games there and the Jags really took back over the South again. 
but the Texans have just they just came home. And of course, we talked a lot about our division last week with all those games. Texans, Jags, and Colts are in such a great spot. And if the Titans can get out of the funk that they're in, that uh, that division is going to be absolutely insane for for parity going forward for twenty twenty four and beyond. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a interesting division to say the least. And uh, if there's one thing that we've learned. It's just it's it's unpredictable. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh man, I think a lot of these picks show how how unpredictable the NFL is. When we got a lot of these wrong, it shows how how even we can't predict it. it well, yeah, and I, and I think and the NFL's got to be loving it because every yeah. fan base feels like well maybe we're this year's Texans you know maybe we can turn it around and make the playoffs and that's right I mean you go from the first overall pick in a draft to to winning a division in well, a and, a, and a rookie head coach a rookie quarterback sh- a rookie surely, leader on defense it's just unreal you would have to think now making uh winning the AFC South as well to to make Ryan's would be firmly in the coach of the year standings as well Oh, I, I don't see how he couldn't be. Because you go from you go from oh. bottom, you go from absolute yeah. bottom of the table yeah. to winning a division. So basically, uh, fourth spot on mm-hmm. in the AFC. That's it's massive. Yeah, well, only and, guy. And... Yeah, ahead, I, I'd throw out I'd throw out Kevin Stefanski for the Browns to, because of the amount of injuries they had this year and what he did with Flacco and everything. Yeah, but I he didn't take he... he didn't take rookies and take them to the of playoffs, course, but. But I think he has just as good of a case, and I think that's why he's been favoured by a lot of people to win Coach of the Year now is because of what he has done. So I think either way, I think they should find a way to split it, honestly. Like, both coaches have done such a great job. I think D'Amico, in my biased opinion, I I want D'Amico to win Coach of the Year because, of course, he came from San Fran. Always Always loved D'Amico. But, yeah, I think with what he's done, Nonetheless, if he wins or not, I I think he still is a coach of the year in my mind. Um, he shortened apparently in, in American betting odds to plus mm. one ten after being oh, okay. at plus nine hundred at the beginning of the month, and that was after that win. All um, right. Yes, Stefanski's went from minus one fifty to being minus nine fifty last week. Oh, so oh no, sorry. Other other way. Sorry, he's yeah. He's now sitting at minus one fifty when he was minus nine fifty. Okay, so Stefanski has the best odds, and then yep. it's D'Amico Ryan's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, that that's the way it is. Uh, no, yeah, it's after that. So Stefanski is currently at minus one fifty. D'Amico Ryan's is at plus one ten in betting. Okay. They're yeah. pretty close though. That's pretty close. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I still think it's Ryan's personally, but that's, that's... it's just to take that to take that younger guys that group um, guys who haven't played any NFL snaps at all, that many of them I should say on both sides of the ball to to that point. Yeah, uh, mm. it's it's a mm. lot different to building a defense that of um, quality, experienced vets, uh, and then picking up a thirty nine year old QB. At the end of the season to keep winning your games, you know, like it's yeah. Yes, there's there's um, yes, there's a lot to, in that in what Stefanski has done, but I just don't. For me, it doesn't. It's not the same. 
which is all I'm yeah. going with. So, uh, NFC. So, like, uh, apart from the order with Cowboys, Eagles, the rest we we nailed it with Giants and Commanders. Uh, of course, Brad, your Cowboys won the division. <laughs> First time in a long time. <laughs> Not really. Well, well, Manjot said it could be split. <laughs> so a- yeah, I, I said I did say the curse of the NFC East, where no one has repeated the champion for now. It's gone on to nineteen years. Yep, that's so right. That's insane. That is, is an absolute absolutely. insane uh, statistic. It is. It's completely insane. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just goes to show you. I think the the parity within that di- division, or what some people might say, the ineptitude. Um, the thing is, though, it's always just been two within it, go that that division. Bad. Yeah, but I think it's the thing is though, it's always just been two teams up and down. Um, yeah, you'll, well, have, you'll have two at the bottom, like we did this year with Giants and Commanders, and then two at the top. That going yeah. back and forth for a couple of years and then they'll drop. So um at some point we'll see the Giants and the Commanders come up again and the Eagles won't be as good and the Cowboys will be in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't think we have to worry about anything with the Giants as long as Daniel Jones is their quarterback. No, I don't think he's gonna be their quarterback <laughs> for long. They'll but... have to keep paying him money or just eat it, really. But it's just Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see with the new uh, ownership uh, for the commanders, just how that plays out, who they bring in, if they try and get somebody established. You know, I've, I've, the Harbaugh thing, because his brother is there in Baltimore, uh, that would be kind of a cool storyline. I, I know that they're not going to make a decision based on that, but it, that would be kind of a cool thing to see as the two brothers in the same city and just kind of what, how that takes, takes over the city. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a crazy division. It is certainly is. Uh, NFC North, the Lions, of course, took that out. Brad picked that. He was the only one of us that picked that. Manjot and I went Vikings. Uh, the Lions have been a great story this year. Mm. Um, and the Packers ended up coming home in second, which none of us believe. We all thought, uh, fourth place in that division for sure. They end up coming home in second, and that is largely due to the way that that team has came together as the season went further and further on. They were, of course, the youngest offense in the entire uh, NFL by average. So as they came along with Jordan Love and they learnt to play together and learnt what each other likes and doesn't like and where they were in life, I guess, and as a team, they've gotten better and better and like good on the Packers. Mm. It looks like they've... um. They've built a, a pretty decent team to go forward once again, and they are in the playoffs. So it, um, unlike unlike others, they're in the playoffs and good on them. So NFC West, 49ers, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals is how it finished. Uh, we all went with 49ers, but we all thought the Rams and the Seahawks would be flipped around. So Rams... What a story for the Rams being such a such a terrible, terrible team in 2022 uh, and then finding a, a kid like Puka Nakua to sure. pair with the rest of your team and he was just lights out from the get-go. Uh, he just fit that team and he fits the way that McVay coaches and just everything that he dialed up. It's just it's insane to have hit Cooper Cup and then now hit Puka Nakua in that whole couple of years process um yeah you just can't believe it when you when you start finding players like that all around the ball 
Uh, NFC South, Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Panthers is how it finished. Uh, we all picked the Saints to win. Mm. So I was the only one that was high on the Bucks a little bit, uh, and you'll see that in my under-overs a bit more. Well, you boys weren't as much. Uh, it looks like we're all pretty high on the Falcons, except me. We're, we're all pretty mid on the Falcons, which is funny considering how much Falcons talk we had through the entire yeah. season. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I apologize if I steered us in that direction. <laughs> we really went that way. Uh, our under-over predictions, I won't bore everybody by running through them. Of course, under-over is based off the the betting under-over number, so the the line for that. We ended up, and once I titled this earlier on, all three of us ended up with 13 correct picks out of that uh, out of 32 teams. So that is insane that we ended up with basically the same amount in our divisions. As Manjot pointed out, we've had the same amount. We've all picked the same amount of people here, uh, the same amount of teams correctly here, although be it everywhere, all over the board. We did, uh, we do have to point it out, boys, completely and utterly whiff on one full division. We didn't pick a single winner in the AFC South in terms of under-over. We all went the wrong way for the AFC South. Thanks, Jaguars. So thanks, Jags, uh, who just missed. But we are, I don't know, we'll (laughs) have to have a look at ourselves there. We almost missed on the AFC West, which is astounding as well. Oh, no, there was a winner. I missed one, boys. After all that, I missed one. And oh, guess yeah? who wins the under-over competition now? Really? One, well, I'd I'd missed Manjot's pick for uh for the hey. Broncos. Manjot's hey, under for the Broncos. Manjot. So Manjot wins that 14, 13, and 13. Ah, oh, just made found my, out as I was scrolling. Made myself more respectable in terms of scores right there. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, but 14 half 32. People will think that's not not great for us. Like we're we're under half good, but I think that just shows the NFL just so unpredictable. Like this whole yeah. season has just been so, you know, over its head. So it has yeah, been, it has been, yeah. So you know, I I I look at that fourteen and thirteen. I'm like, mm, so yeah, you know, less than half may not be good, but then I look at the season overall. I'm like, nah, man, I couldn't have predicted any of the ones that I got wrong. So yeah, I don't think any of us could have either. Which team do you think we missed the most, or which team had the biggest discrepancy between the original over under and then their Ooh. and then their between action? between what the, what they were what they were picked to have and what the actual was? Is that what you're yeah, meaning? Correct, correct. Yeah, so not necessarily what we picked, but just who, what team missed the most from the you know the professionals who set the over under? Missed, I would say. Patriots. Uh, I think it's three and a half. Under? Yeah, I think it might be Patriots. It's actually it is your Carolina Panthers. Oh yeah, they were like seven, weren't they? They were seven, oh, seven and, and, half. and a half, and then of course they got two. Yeah, their actual win was uh, only two. I think the other way though was the Texans. Oh, that would, it would have had to have six been, at six it? and a half to ten wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest the other way. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. The Rams also went from six and a half to 10 as well. 
Yeah. Okay. So the yep. Rams and the Texans, which tracks with how the how the season how we've seen the season go. Really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The box also six and a half to nine. Didn't want to mention that as yeah. a close one. Mm. They were so close. Yeah. Cool. My boy, my boy Baker, getting him to uh, a playoff. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. Pretty. And wait for a playoff win this week. <laughs> I would I love that. I, I would that. love that. I believe in him. Trust oh, me. Epic. Against the Eagles in Tampa. Epic. And then, and then have for A.J. Brown to have a meltdown on the sideline and throw a punch oh, at one of his teammates. Even he, might, he might be out. He was injured in that in the game in week 18, actually. So yeah, he that, was. That's, that's how we're going to have to be tracking that a lot now is having a look at the injuries. Yeah. Uh, going into those playoff games, so that's gonna be interesting. Uh, but boys, I guess that fantasy that fantasy yeah. game as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, there's going to be that. Of course, I mean we'll mention that as we as we move on here. Uh, we will be joining with the Aussie NFL fantasy boys and Mark from No Huddle Dynasty. So the entirety of the Aussie Gridiron Network, uh, all six of us at the moment on one podcast. You'll get that. We'll be recording that later in the week where we'll be talking about, we'll do a whole Gridiron Grid show, which we'll be talking about all of the games in the wildcard weekend upcoming this weekend, which is going to be a massive. And then we will all be doing a uh, a fantasy show where we'll have a bit of a, a fantasy starts uh, game to go through and pick from. So you'll get two shows one G'day Gridiron, one Aussie NFL Fantasy. That's going to be this week coming up. And for every week of the playoffs right through the Super Bowl, it's going to be amazing. They were a lot of fun last year. So I expect there'll be even more fun this year now that we all know what's going on. And Brad's there to really uh, poke the tailor bear a lot. Uh, he, he, yeah, uh, it's, it's. Picking... Brad and Taylor in one room, man, Oh, well, here's a statistic for everyone. Did you know that we've all podcasted with each other, except for Brad and Maddie? Out of everyone in the entire AGN, everyone's done an episode with another, with one other person, except for Brad and Maddie. So this will be their first time actually doing a podcast what do you mean? together. No, oh, like, okay. We, so we've had won't... Mark on this show, we've had Taylor on this show, and gotcha. Maddie came on when when you know when I wasn't oh yeah to, where when brad wasn't here and then yeah. and then you know you've went on to aussie nfl fantasy brad's never gone on aussie nfl fantasy <laughs> so yeah that means brad and maddie have not actually um had a podcast together so it'll be the Beautiful. first time i oh, always remember your first <laughs> <laughs> indeed <That's> right <laughs> uh well good segue brad how about the first ever G'day Gridiron best team draft? The results yeah. from that. So for those that may not have listened way back then, uh, feel free to go back to all those preseason episodes if you like. We went through draft style and picked positions um, for players. Essentially, the points are based off the PFF rankings. I had to find a ranking system, pff.com seems like the the easiest and the best one to use, and it certainly was for tallying them up. So based off the PFF rankings and their overall score for uh, their offensive or defensive score, that is what we're tracking with. We did a bit of a mid-season 
look uh, somewhere around week 9, 10. So there is that out in the ether as well if you want to go back to that stuff. But right now we have the actual results of that. And look, boys, I mean, I was I was leading mid-season. You boys definitely came back. You came back. As I was doing some of these scores, a lot of mine were staying the same because guys were out on injury and some were coming down. There were a few, a couple here and there going up a few points. But I did notice when I was when I was tabulating all this that um, yeah, that you boys were getting closer and closer to that score. Ended up that I finished on uh, a eighty point three five average. Manjot seventy nine point four two and Brad seventy six point eight five. You have a look at the uh, the scores and your your final standings now, boys. Uh, Brad, what do you? What do you think about your team now that you're having a look at those final scores? What stands you out suck. to you? You <laughs> suck. Um, no, it was it was kind of it was hit and miss. You know what I mean? Um, I think some of them did great. So I, I but the one that hurt me, I think, it was Bijan Robinson. I had such high hopes for him. I mean, he was the first first pick in the draft, and he ends up with a PFF grade of only seventy five. So it's it's like fantasy. You're, if you whiff on your first pick, your first round pick, it's pretty hard to come back from that. And and I whiffed on it. So seventy five seventy five is not too bad when you do go through the the running back, um, the the actual full running back list though. It, uh, it's it, seventy five is bad, but it's not too bad. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not you've got, horrible. You've got um, the you've got the elite guys, um, your Christian McCaffrey's, and funnily enough, Derek Henry. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, Manjot up the top. Yeah, they're in their nineties. <laughs> yeah, Manjot with both players, uh, both McCaffrey and Derek Henry. So those guys are up in the nineties. Um, but there are guys that sort of came down that was were very very good last season that have come down. And one I wanted to point out was I. Drafted Josh Jacobs. He had a mm. stellar season last season. And yep. in this season, it's he gets up with a 65. Yeah. He really he he struggled, didn't he? Yeah. He definitely did. Uh and of course there's uh, there's other names on the list uh when you look at the top running backs uh and those top players that none of us picked. There was rookies in amongst that sort of thing and guys that had big breakout seasons. I can't believe none of us picked uh, Raheem Mostert, to be honest, on those yeah. had all those running backs. Yeah. And he had a stellar, stellar year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that highly touted coming in, considering a few factors here and there with his age and everything. We did cover mm. this on the fantasy show last week that he was actually our best biggest breakout of the fantasy season as well considering he was 31 and just he, he got his most fantasy points of the entire of his entire career like that was so unexpected that he was the third best fantasy running back as well so just saying like real life or fantasy Raheem Mostert had like a big breakout I don't think anyone really thought of him being in that sort of top running back range coming into the season. But I think, you know, he just broke out again like he did in 2019. Just was incredible. Yeah. Benjo, is there something that stands out on your team? Yours is so – I can't believe the scores you got in the end. 
Like you came back to me a long way. Uh, um, yeah, some of the I... scores are way up there. Oh man, I was really yeah. It's really but other but other ones are absolute whiffs. Yeah, no, I I think to be honest, I I think to be honest, at a lot of positions, I got the best player that was at the position. But then, like the depth behind them wasn't <laughs> that great. Like at I I I think my team at the end of the day, I'm gonna have the MVP of the entire NFL, Lamar. The offensive player of the year, which is likely to be Christian McCaffrey, and the defensive player of the year, which is likely to be TJ Watt. So I don't think I was, I don't think with my team, I actually did that bad, considering that I actually got like the three major award winners. I, I actually think that was actually a good, good sort of team in the end, where I was pretty top heavy, but I think some of the guys in terms of depth, like say my wide receiver threes or wide receiver fours, kind of. They kind of sucked or something. I mean, like, Debo wasn't that bad at wide receiver four, to be fair. But, yeah, there's some other picks. Like, I mean, my tight end free, Pat Fry moves 65.3. Come on, man. <laughs> or, like, my my DB number three, Darius Slay, 68.4. I mean, you know. Yeah, I had a couple of my players, actually. I think I, I broke the record this year. I had more players cut than anyone else because Dalvin Cook and Shaq Leonard but I've got cut mid-season. And I was like, yeah, after that, I was like, nah, I, I can't win this. I've got <laughs> two players that were, that were cut mid-season. Uh, so for me, like I, it, when we did the episodes, I took swings on guys in the, the third and fourth positions all the time. So I just did sort of thought, yeah. uh, let's just see how some of these guys, and I'm actually um, I'm pretty impressed with how some of them came off. So like Terry McLaurin, it was yeah. a bit of a laugh when I, when I did it, 75.1. Like, you guys had a bit of a laugh, but I was like, no, no, I like Terry McLaurin. Uh, he was a monster. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill ended up as the eighth-ranked tight end on PFF this season. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, well done <laughs> to you. <laughs> so was, that was a good pick. Taysom was great. So it was uh, – and it did help that we're using the full offensive score. So mm-hmm. he gets he gets QB numbers out of all that as well. Um. My QBs, uh, I was stressing a fair bit when Joe Burrow went down after Jalen Hurts was so bad. Uh, and funnily enough, Kirk Cousins as well. Kirk Cousins. So I had Burrow and Cousins who were both out on IR at the end of the and season. Hurts was injured as well. Yeah. But, but, but Cousins' numbers, and he ends up only 0.3 away from Jalen Hurts for the season. And he, was, and he was out for half the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, let's give a bit of love to at the end of it to our Aussie punters. So <laughs> yeah. Brad ends up winning the the Aussie punter. Uh, I don't know what do we call that now? The Aussie punter award. So he picked Michael Dixon out of all that. Michael Dixon with the highest ranked of the Aussie punters. Mitch Wisniewski had a, a very poor year, Manjot. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, he didn't have to punt that much. No, he did not. Offense but but the grades are done on how well you do uh, when you actually do. It's not how mm-hmm. often you do it. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I ended up with uh, with Lou Headley at the end, uh, who ended up as the new Saints punter. Only 56.2 for Lou Headley. I thought he did a lot better than that. He did have to punt a lot 
as yeah. a Saints player. Yeah. So, yeah. Some um, of these I do not agree with with some of the some of the grades, to be fair. Um, I mean, like, firstly, also just want to congratulate Dixon and Wisnowski for being alternates to the Pro Bowl, which is a pretty big honor because we only had one Pro Bowler before before this season, and that was Darren Bennett all the way back in the 90s. So, yeah, we haven't had many Pro Bowlers from Australia. So to be named as an alternate, Jordan Mailata as well, pretty pretty high honor for those sort of guys. Do you think some of the grades are going to disagree? Maybe like Daniil Hunter. Uh, I don't know, like stats-wise, he's it's pretty so good. F- it's so far down. Daniil Hunter's grade is so far down for edge yeah. rushers. I, I was so certain he'd be at least an 80. But to be a 78, I was not not so certain about that one. I thought he's um, he, definitely... His stats, his stats, like you say, are are really good, um, but he is actually when I get down to it, and that's what when I say get down to it, you have to scroll for a long time. He is the thirty first ranked edge defender in the league. Yeah, wow. so, uh, yeah, which is guys. yeah, it's insane it's for someone who has fourteen sacks on the season as well. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. I think that just shows as well, like and paid over, played over, he paid played over a thousand defensive snaps. Yeah, uh, it may show that sacks aren't always everything as well to PFF, just that sort of thing. Like their methodology may not also be agreeable. Oh, it's not necessarily like sacks. I mean, it's coverage things, but yeah, it's um, yeah, true. Yeah, it, 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 and it's not it's not everything. He does mm-hmm. have. He's got. It is. It's typical. But Daniel Hunter's problem is typical. Uh, Vikings problem is that his his run defense grade is very very low, uh, and that's yeah. that's uh, you saw that with the Vikings team. Um, that not a great run defense at all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's how that fleshed out, boys. Well, congratulations pretty... to you for winning that. I won something this year. Look at me go. Hey. We we all won something. You won this. Manjot won the uh over unders. The over unders and I won the total picks. Yeah, so yeah. we're all winning. Um we That's are true. all insanely close as a group together, which is it's is very funny. The three of us are, are, are very much the same. Not the same, yeah. but we have the same scores, so we will disagree heavily on some things. Uh and then still one of us will end up right on that thing. Someone will end up right on something else. So, as collectively as a group, we're we're bloody good, boys. That's all. Uh, I yeah, it's not the methodology; it's the results. Am I right, Ian? That's right, exactly. <laughs> we just. We can... Are you talking about my love life, or, or are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we're talking about some science. You know, Mandrake getting nerdy sort of segments. You know, oh, okay. don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we are. So anyway, we did pretty well, boys. That was um, that was a fun exercise, and I, I reckon we bring back both. Uh, well, definitely the predictions and uh, the best team draft for next year. We might um, we might modify it a little bit, but I reckon it went pretty well. It was a fun preseason exercise, that was for sure. Ah, uh, that was great. I'd love to do it again. It was a yeah, that was great. It will be good if we can maybe get a few more rookies in amongst it too. Yeah. Once we yeah. once we get we get involved a bit more, uh, get Mark on a bit more to talk about some of those those college guys, uh, knowing a bit more about the rookies, 
and figure out where they're going once we get through draft stuff and yeah, get a few more of those in there because I think that'll be real fun. Yeah, weren't you the only one that had a rookie all year, Ian? Yeah, the only rookie pick, I think. No, Maybe. I had a Robinson. Oh, Bob. it was you, Robinson. Yeah. Yes, Brad. Yeah. He was the only rookie we took in this whole exercise. So, yeah. I think so, yeah. I, I had second year guys, so yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, in an exercise like this, where it's called the best team, you want to have guys, you know, have played on a high level in the NFL. So, yeah, totally get why we did that as well. Yep. So that was fun. Anyway, that's it, boys. So that's our, our recap for our season stuff. Um, of course, as I mentioned, we will have a show that you will hear a bit later on in the week. That'll be out on Friday, the G'day Gridiron one, which will be the first of the shows. So um, please do tune in for that. It'll be amazing. And then the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show uh, will be in the feed uh, on Saturday. So for your weekend listening ahead of a amazing wildcard weekend, which is going to be chock full of games and probably some pretty good upsets too, which will be a lot of fun to watch. All right. Um, make sure you check us out on socials at G'day Gridiron, Instagram and Facebook, Manjot at Pastry Press NFL. I'm sure he's going to have bits and pieces out this week. And, um, yeah, apart from that, boys, see you later. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everybody. G'day, Gridiron is brought to you by the Aussie Gridiron Network, a network of Australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the NFL and the local game. Check out our other podcasts, Aussie NFL Fantasy and No Huddle Dynasty. 